When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. It's been a tough week for me. First of all, I want you to know, Chad, that I am human. And, <laughs> and as much I, I, I'll say this, I'm being honest. As much as I love doing the show, I'm so glad we didn't have a show on Tuesday. We were preempted for oh Major League Baseball. God. Ditto. I am so, <laughs> so happy. That would have been the saddest I, Freddie and Harry show ever. I think I texted Devin during the, during the Giants blow up Monday night. I'm uh-huh. like, man, I'm glad we don't have a show tomorrow. Because we would have never heard the end of it from Harry one Harry Douglas. let you two have it. He still might bring it up tomorrow. He's probably still going to let us have it. But Pause. Don't forget to tell your smart speaker to do that wobble, baby, wobble, baby, wobble, baby. Welcome to the best show on your radio. You know it better as Freddie and Harry. Got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm just merely Mr. Freddie Wobble Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance on the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80, always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN radio in a couple of minutes. Waiting to hear what Chad Brown has to say involving Dak Prescott trying to take down those San Francisco 49ers. Yes! Yes! I have the demon. And how Chad Brown has been on both sides of that. That's in a couple of minutes. But Micah Parsons, Cowboys outside linebacker, he knows what the Cowboys are up against on Sunday because those bloodthirsty parts of San Francisco, they do this better than anybody in the NFL. I feel like they play as hard as anybody. And, uh, you know, I definitely feel like it's going to be one of them games. I've been tapped into my mode all week. I feel great. I'm ready to kind of get after it now. One of the biggest stages, you know, Cowboys 49ers is nothing better. Chad, just like last week, Bills, Dolphins had that kind of playoff feel, even though I hate saying that about early season games. But it had that kind of feel where the Dolphins coming in after putting up that 70 burger with lettuce, tomato, fries, waffle fries, whatever you want, and also a soda and a pastry afterwards and the Denver Broncos when they put that 70 burger on them. And then the Buffalo Bills are tired about hearing about that. It had that kind of playoff feel and the Bills were able to win at home. You got the same kind of situation here. The difference is Miami was not an albatross compared to Buffalo the way that the 49ers have been for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys lately. Yeah, it's uh, when you've got an opponent that always seems to get the best of you, um, that becomes that off-season motivation. That becomes that cry from the weight coach, from the conditioning coach, from mm-hmm. your personal trainer. You know, when, when you are tapped out and they're trying to extract a couple more reps out of you, Give me something for the give me something for the 49ers. Okay. Give me a couple extra reps. And so that becomes that rallying cry. Um, and when you continue to fall short, it, it furthers your number one, your hatred of that team, let's be honest, <laughs> that they keep finding ways to get the best of you. But it, it forces you, if you've got something more within you, it helps pull that out. Mm-hmm. And and you were alluding to my time in college football when Coach McCartney, uh, when Colorado was in the, in the old Big Eight, that's how old I am. When he when he became the head coach at the University of Colorado, he didn't want to make Kansas or Kansas State or Missouri our rival. Right. He aimed for the top of the conference. Who's the best, most successful team in the Big Eight? It's Nebraska. So Nebraska became the red letter game. Uh-huh. Whenever CU's schedule was printed, Nebraska uh, that game was printed in red. Coaches were not allowed to drive red cars. Players really? were not allowed to wear red within the team 
same facility. So it became this constant rallying cry. While we were totally up for our games against any opponent that we had, Uh we knew our season was going to be judged by how well we did against Nebraska. And eventually we toppled them and then came to a point we started to dominate them. So uh, that crafted rivalry by Coach McCartney really set the standards for that Buffalo's program when I was there and allowed us to become national champions because if Nebraska is the target, we've got to find a way to not only equal them but be better than them. And it turns out that was good enough to win a national championship back then. What was that like dealing with that? Because it's one thing to chase an opponent. Chad, what was that like to finally what Dak Prescott is trying to do on Sunday where you're the cat trying to chase the canary? When you finally get the canary, you're thinking, man, it was worth it. What was it finally like for your team, those Buffaloes back then, to finally catch that canary that was Nebraska football? It's more than just that week's win. It is the years of effort that has taken you to get there. It is the amount of focus you and your band of brothers have, have put into this one game. While we got to play these other games, we got to do all these other things, we are every effort that we do, every time we get together, mm-hmm. it is geared towards this particular win. So when you finally get there, uh, then that becomes scary. For the coaches, the players, we love it. Right. We've achieved our thing. We've climbed the pinnacle. We're at the top of the mountain. No, right. there's still football left to go, and we can't break our arm patting ourselves on the back over one win here. Right. So that's the other thing. When you put so much emphasis on one particular opponent, well, then how do you get up for the next game? Mm-hmm. And how do you get up for the game after that now that you've conquered this thing that's been a thorn in your side for years and years and years? So for Dak Prescott and the Cowboys – I'm sure they would love to have that problem of what do we do next week and where does our emotion come from? They want to take care of business and finally get to the top of the mountain against the 49ers. The best thing about what you just said, because I remember those games back then when that was happening here at Colorado, it was a triangle of hate. Colorado, Nebraska, and Oklahoma. All three of you teams couldn't stand each other. I never forget one time you guys played against Nebraska, and I thought there would be at least five or six fist fights after the game was over. When you played at Bold, I'm thinking, man, how much hatred is going on in these kind of games? That seems to be kind of a triangle of hate right now with the Cowboys, Eagles, and the 49ers and the NFC. All three of those teams can't stand each other. And anytime they're going to play each other, and the Eagles play the 49ers later on in December. And if you're the Dallas Cowboys, not seeing this a chance to get one up on the Eagles in your division, but you're able to beat San Francisco, then the Eagles are like, oh, man, they beat them. We better beat them in December. I got the sense of the same way that, hey, we beat Nebraska, we better beat Oklahoma. Hey, we beat Colorado, we better beat Nebraska. We had the kind of similar chat, kind of triangle of hate that we see now with the 49ers, Cowboys, and Eagles that you guys have with Nebraska and also Oklahoma. I'm going to quote the great Cat Williams here. You know, if you've only got a couple haters, well, you need to figure out how you can get more haters by the summer because your goal is to have as many people hating you as possible because people hate successful teams and they hate successful people. That's when the hate comes. They don't hate you because you suck. You know, people are disappointed (laughs) in the Bears, but no one hates the Bears. You know, these teams have a hatred because they recognize how good those other teams are and how they are in the way. And these are the only possible teams, if we play to our standard, that could take us away from from our eventual goal to raise that Lombardi trophy. So these this hatred they have amongst those three teams that you you know reference back to my days at Colorado between us, Nebraska, and Oklahoma, they were the only teams that could possibly trip us up. They were right. the only teams in our way to where we wanted to go. And to my point, after building up for years and years as a program for the Colorado Buffaloes, uh, that hatred for those teams was 
clear because we spent the entire offseason, we spent the entire training camp focused on not Colorado State or Kansas State, but how do we beat Oklahoma and Nebraska? How do we get our best football for those particular games? Because that's what's going to be required for us to get a victory. Jerry Jones even mentioned that Cowboys owner when he's on his own radio show on 105.3 to fan earlier this week. People wanted to know, do you really believe you can stack up against the 49ers? Uh, Jerry Jones said it like this. I like our defense. I think we're playing better than we've played, and we've been playing some pretty good defense the last few years. And frankly, this is the best I've felt about our offense this year, uh, certainly during training camp or any time. I think if we maximize what we're doing with Dak and execute, and we were able to execute the other day. They were letting us do some stuff and uh, out there on those corners that – uh, really gave us some wind, and uh, we're going to need some wind early with San Francisco. There's uh, no reason physically, no reason scheme-wise, that we shouldn't go out there and play well enough to win a football game. Jerry Jones has laid it out there. <laughs> this all in Dak Prescott. If he's going to exercise any kind of demons to clear his house, he cannot allow his team to be in a hole early. Because if you get there – the 49ers are going to throw dirt on top of you, and that is going to be that for Dak and the Cowboys if that happens on Sunday night. For Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy, uh, I think Jerry's absolutely right. From a player physical standpoint, they've got the horses to win this game. Mm-hmm. From a scheme standpoint, it is good enough to win this game. So now it comes down to execution on Sunday. Yes. Uh, the, how do you find a way to be the team that execute the executes the best? Uh, for, for Dak Prescott, he's got to find a way to – carry the lessons from past 49 49er losses with him but not allow it to weigh him down and he can't go out there and try to win the past games you can only go out there and try to win this game right and so for for Dak Prescott it's impossible to rewrite the past there is no hot tub time machine those are done (laughs) my man you can only go forward so leave those in the past take the lessons with you but leave those losses in the past and play this one game against the 49ers on sunday yeah so so okay to have convenient amnesia if you're dak prescott you can't allow the past sins to affect you in the present tense by the way that game on sunday night 49ers a four point favor to dallas cowboys 820 eastern time that game on nbc Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. I'm Freddie Coleman, also on the ESPN app. Series X and Channel 80. And don't forget about us by telling your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Then we have the New York Giants. <laughs> Let the sadness begin for two people, Charmaine Nameless, Devin Kane and Shannon Penn, our producers. <laughs> They've had a rough go of it. Just think about this. They were a bad second half by the Arizona Cardinals to being in the same boat that the Chicago Bears are and other teams who have been defeated in the NFL, being an 0-4 team. And it didn't help that after getting the full beat out of them by the Seattle Seahawks on Monday, that their offensive lineman, their right tackle, Evan Neal, when the crowd was booing, he made the gesture boo louder. Then he talked to the New Jersey advanced media, basically saying that fans, I'm not going to be a lion lying down with sheep. And what do these guys know? All they're doing is flipping hamburgers and flipping hot dogs, and that didn't land well with everybody. On Thursday, Mia Culpa, thy name is Evan Neal. I want the fans to know that um, I'm a human like everyone else. If you ask anyone that's ever been around me, they always speak highly of me. Um, nobody's perfect, including myself. And I just want to apologize again for the things that I said yesterday. You know, it's unacceptable, and uh, I just could have used a better choice of words. I'm remorseful. I definitely could have used a better choice of words. You know, coming from humble beginnings myself, I never want to belittle anyone, uh, regardless of their financial status or their occupation. So I really just wanted to apologize for what I said. So if you're keeping score at home, that Evan Neal says he's human and he's humble and he's 
remorseful. Okay, got it. Just want to make sure we understood that when it comes to Evan Neal and putting it out there about his attributes. I wish people could see Chad Brown's face right now. It is a look of total like, really, dude? That's what we're doing? Really, dude? That's what we're saying? Oh, man. The first three lines eliminate those. We we, we know you're human. We know you're not an alien. <laughs> people say nice things about all kind of people. So that that's also not a, a, a great attribute to throw out there. Right. Uh, so let's eliminate those first couple of lines and get into the apology, which he did great. Uh, but then he had to throw in, I come from humble beginnings, which is supposed to say what? Is that supposed to elicit, elicit sympathy from, from me because you come from humble beginnings? You don't know not to stick your foot in your mouth and, and, and diss the people who, who uh, you know, would push back to, to Marcus Spears earlier who right. pay your salary. I know the TV pays the salary technically, yeah. but it's the fans who watch the TV who make sure the TV ads run and pay the salaries of the NFL players. No so doubt. there's no doubt the fans are the ones who drive the boat for the NFL and make it the popular sport that is and allow Evan Neal to make millions of dollars at what he does. So eliminate all that extra stuff, stick to the apology, and eliminate all the, the extra talk. It doesn't make you any more sympathetic. It does not give us uh, more insight into what you did. We've all heard athletes say dumb things. The mm-hmm. best way to move on is to apologize and leave it in the past. Don't keep revisiting your apology and keep trying to add words into it to elicit some kind of sympathy for you because you have not put yourself in a sympathetic space. Yeah. Evan Neal cannot treat this as if somebody slid into his DMs and then he can de- delete the tweet. Right. That's not how <laughs> life works. That may work in 21st century conversation, which as that's another conversation with another story regarding that. But you can't just all of a sudden – apologize your way away and think that people are going to forget about it. especially when fans of certain fan bases. It's one thing to say, okay, the fans don't like us or the fans boo us or the fans need to get off our back. They can live with that. When you start disrespecting fans and you put it out there like that by calling them, whether they're hamburger servers or hot dog servers, whatever that common job is, that's not a professional athlete job. The minute you put it out there and you say that what you do means nothing, what you do does not matter. Fans are not going to forget. And he doesn't have enough receipts. Lawrence Taylor could say those things back in the past. Saquon Barkley could say that and maybe get away with it because people could look at him and say, we've seen what you've done on the football field. You had a weak moment. Easily forgiven. They've seen Evan Neal, let's call it as it is, has been a bust in his first year and a half as a, in a Giants uniform. For a guy that was a top 10 pick coming out of Alabama, normally Nick Saban dudes in the offensive line can block people. And he has not had a chance to do that. That may be the worst thing for Evan Neal. It's not the fact that you said it. That was bad enough as it was going down the rabbit hole. But you don't have enough pedigree where fans will forgive you at least early on. Now, you got there in the dominating tackle, water under the bridge, all in the past. But you continue to stink, like Marcus Spears said, if you continue to suck, fans are going to hammer you on that by calling out their whole thing in terms of, oh, my goodness, those hamburger, hot dogs and hamburger flippers. They're not going to give you a break when it's all said and done if you continue to stink when it comes to being Evan Neal offensive tackle the Giants. The only way to move past this is to play well mm-hmm. and for the Giants to win games. Everyone's frustrated at where, where the Giants are. Everyone in that organization, everyone in that building is frustrated. And everyone, you know, is, is certainly, uh, I would imagine, has a sense of pushback on some of the fans and maybe yeah. feel they're a bit fair weather considering what's going on. But – 
<laughs> they what? are smart enough to not vocalize that yeah. and egg it on and ask for more from the fans, nor are they dumb enough to double down on the, the terrible words that he said. So, yeah, it's uh, the only, only solution to all of this, uh-huh. win football games, play great football because words aren't going to get you out of this. You never win a war of the words with the fans and the media. So as a player, the only way you can win, play great. That's what you do, Evan Neal. I think Giants fans will settle for mediocre football from Evan Neal. (laughs) Average football from Evan Neal. Shannon Penn, I'll play the Evan Neal cuts again for those who missed it because he basically doubled down on the apology he said earlier today when he spoke to the media in the locker room. I want the fans to know that – I'm a human, He's like really, everyone else. Okay. If you ask anyone that's ever been around me, right. they always speak highly of me. Okay, that's good. Uh, nobody's perfect, no, including right. myself. Right. And I just want to apologize again for the things that I said yesterday. Okay. You know it's unacceptable. And right. I just could have used a better choice of words. Yeah. I'm remorseful. I definitely could have used a better choice of words. Good. You know, coming from humble beginnings myself, I never want to belittle anyone, uh, regardless of their financial status or their occupation. So I really just wanted to apologize for what I said. Apologize. Okay, Shannon Penn, Devin Kane. Y'all two Giants guys, Evan Neal, he's remorseful. Yeah, sure. He's humble. Uh-huh. He has a sense of humility. Right. People speak highly of him. Mm-hmm. But but the most important thing that like Chad Brown said, uh, he's not something you see in outer space from a UFO. He was born here on planet Earth. Ah. Two legs, two eyes, two arms, two ears. You know, so at least we know that. He's not like an alien with, like, green arms and a helmet and just the eyes. We know that now about Evan Neal. So now that he's apologized and he's really established the fact that he's not from outer space even though he plays out of this world and not in a good way. Big if true. Yeah, exactly. I, as a Giants fan, speak on your boy, Evan Neal. How about your boy? All right, I'm going to go full fan mode right now. Oh, here right, here, here's what really grinds my gears about that whole sound, right? And it has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with what Evan Neal just said. You know what I have a problem with? And maybe Chad's going to have to help me out, take me in the locker room. It was all the, the background noise. And it, Why is everybody so happy in the locker room right now? Right, y'all, okay. I've been embarrassed the whole season. Why the heck are y'all so happy right now? It needs to be doom and gloom right now. You think a Bill Belichick locker room would be sounding like that right now after you let your quarterback get sacked 20 times? I am Come on loving now. this, Shannon. I am loving this. I, I, I was hearing I was like, is that laughter? Uh-huh. You guys got smoked. You guys have not been competitive in three of the four games you played. What's so funny? What are you guys doing? What is happening in that locker room where you think it's okay to have, in the words of Bill McCartney, my great CU Buffs head coach, it's too much damn levity, he would say in the locker room Uh right now. The media is here. This is how we want the people who report what's happening to know we treat an awfully embarrassing loss. We laugh and joke (laughs) when they're in the locker room. Are you kidding me? I heard that same stuff, Shannon, and I I didn't say anything, but it was definitely disappointing to hear. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Happy, happy, joy, joy. And happy, not when you lose. Joy, not when you lose. And here's the thing. I'm a realistic Giants fan. I've said this before. I don't mind if my teams lose. Am I disappointed? Yes. But the one thing, I don't want you to embarrass me, all right? Uh-huh. I think this back to my mama. Don't embarrass me out here in front of company, all right? <laughs> and when the Giants, they play, what, three three primetime games in the first four weeks. They got another one coming up in two weeks against the Bills. Oh, boy. You, you, you out here embarrassing us in front of everybody, in front of mixed company right now. Are we really doing that? Are you really putting on right now? Are you showing out right now? That's what the Giants are doing. Not in front of the company. I love it. So, so I guess there's no sweet potato pie for anybody? None now. of that. None of that? None of that. No caramel icing cake? Not at all. No lemon meringue pie? Stop being so happy. <laughs> <laughs> because I said so. What made me come in there? What was that? Nothing. I thought so. <laughs> 
I'll give you something to cry about. You want something to cry about? I'll give you something to cry about. We can about. go dadisms all day. My favorite dadism of my father, Freddie Coleman Jr., he said, if I get in there and I get a hold of somebody, it's going to be a problem. You know my dad to get a hold of you? Because if he did, that means there's going to be consequences and repercussions when it comes I to need, that. I need Evan Neal in the offensive line to get a hold of somebody. I need you to do <laughs> no, something. you don't even hold <laughs> like they anybody. Need, they, look, they're he's not even holding. holding. Yeah. I mean, we got Juwan Taylor cancer. He's the human penalty. We already got that guy right tackle. Look, Mayor you Adams do not need is, Evan Neal holding Mayor, anybody. Mayor Adams is directing his attention to the wrong turnstiles in New York. The real turnstiles <laughs> are the Giants' offensive line right now. So they're just standing by watching. <laughs> you're saying they got to pay toll to go into New Jersey instead of the other way around? That's what you say when it comes to Evan Neal? Poor Shannon Penn. Devin, Devin Kane's just like, you know, I'm just going to eat and let Shannon speak for everybody here as far as that goes. Hopefully that's the end of Evan Neal. And, oh, by the way, the New York Giants, they got the Miami Dolphins that they got to play on Sunday, a team Excuse me. thoroughly embarrassed by the Buffalo Bills. On Sunday, yikes. He's Chad Brown here for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry. But we kick off the NFL week five, week five excuse me, tonight. The Washington Commanders taking on the winless Chicago Bears. Everybody's wondering about Justin Fields in Chicago. Why didn't I have the same kind of question when they got on the other side playing quarterback for the Washington Commanders? We'll get to that next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Don't let me come in there. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, 
visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman together on Freddie and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio as well as the ESPN app. Sirius X and Channel 80 and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. So we're hoping it's good football. But we know better tonight when it comes to a winless Bears team who couldn't stand prosperity being up by 21 points versus the Denver Broncos. They lose that game on Sunday, 31-28. And a Washington Commanders team, Chad Brown, that's played a lot better. Who knew that if you have a quarterback in Sam Howell that you might believe in, he's got guys on the outside, and Eric Bieniemy calling plays offense coordinator, who knew that we would see this from the Washington Commanders? Oh, that's right. Eric Bieniemy kept telling people who kept passing him over for a head coaching position in the National Football League. Yeah, my former college teammate, EB, I think has elevated this commander's offense uh, and elevated Sam Howell as well. There's been a, a couple of Sam Howell throws this season that have been as good as any quarterback has had this right. season. Now, there's been a couple of uh, times where he's held the ball too long and had yeah. some bad throws. So Sam Howell's not a finished product by any means. But there is an upside there that I think is undeniable. And so if you're a coordinator like Eric Bieniemy, you can look at what he brings and think, okay, if I can keep, keep working with this guy and we keep finding ways to get better as the season goes along, we are going to put ourselves in a really good position by the time this thing is all said and done. What was he like as a teammate, E.B.? Uh, E.B. was an incredible teammate. We don't win that national championship at the University of Colorado without Eric Bieniemy, and not just because of what he did on the field as a player. Let's not forget, he was third in the Heisman voting. Right. He went to the yep. Heisman ceremony. That's how good of a player he was as a running back at, at CU. But his passion and his inspirational attitude and the way that he brought fire to, to, to the sideline and to the games – there were a number of times where he would call up the entire defense mm-hmm. while he was on the sideline and basically yell at us to, to give more and to get the ball back for the offense. Wow. And we've got, you know, Alfred Williams, who won the Buckus Award, mm-hmm. All-American. Canavis McGee was McGee. All-American. Oh, yeah. Yes, me and Greg Beekert, inside linebackers. Uh-huh. I played 15 years in the NFL. Beekert played 12 years in the NFL. So there were some studs out there for us defensively. And here we are listening and hanging on every word from the shortest dude. On the field. Wow. All 5'7 of Eric Bieniemy in our faces letting us know that there is more that we can pull out and pour onto the field to get victory for the Colorado Buffaloes. You know who needs a lot of that? The Chicago Bears. <laughs> they need somebody like that because you can clearly see how that's affected the Washington Commanders because no one thought they would give Philadelphia a game. And then all of a sudden you look up and A.J. Brown has the personal foul penalty on you know, sports like conduct. And then Sam Howell leads them down the football field, and they get into the end zone. They score the touchdown, tie the game. That's why people are thinking, why would you not, you know, Ron Rivera said we were tired and everything. You got Eric Bieniemy calling plays. I think they'll find a way to not be tired to try to get down the field and get that winning score in overtime, maybe go for a two-point conversion, win that game in regulation. That's what the Bears need. They need a lot of that. They'll take a little bit of that because it seems that whatever motivation they're trying to find, Nobody seems to provide it for them, whether it's Justin Fields, the quarterback, Matt Eberflus, the head coach, Ryan Poles, the general manager. When we have Courtney Cronin, ESPN Bears reporter, also co-host of The Best Week Ever, each and every week in an ESPN radio, she was asked the question, 
what has gone wrong for Justin Fields this season? She answered. From the very jump, like, let's go back to training camp. I know there were people within the Bears organization, certainly this fan base, that they were wish casting that a 3-14 and season was going to be the worst of it, that Justin Fields would have been able to break through much sooner than, you know, wondering if he can put together a full game instead of just three quarters like we saw against Denver. And I think some of it happens to be the flaws in his game, you know, holding on to the ball too long, not seeing things downfield that have shown up repeatedly over the years. But you go back to what he said after the Bucks game, and he, was, he wasn't telling you a lie there. He did feel like he was being overcoached in moments, and they are trying to make him into a more traditional pocket-passing quarterback, and that's not the strengths of his game. That's not true to who he is as a quarterback. Chad, the same things that Bears are looking for, the Washington Commanders believe they found it. They have faith in what they're doing. And the Bears right now, when you don't have faith, when you don't have that right kind of football religion, you get what you get from the football team so far in the first three years of Justin Fields' career. Well, I'm not sure how you could have faith when you've lost 14 in a row, and, and, and that's the difference there. Uh, you're bringing a coach like Eric Bieniemy this this offseason for the Washington Commanders. He installs a culture and a passion. He asks and demands more of players from a physical practice standpoint and how they practice and the tempo that they practice. Mm-hmm. Now, remember, that was a big conversation at the beginning of the training camp. Like, oh, my gosh, are these commander players going to hate Eric Bieniemy? Yep. Well, they may hate you during training camp, but they're going to love those wins. They're going to love the fact that you're moving this football team forward. So to your point, the Chicago Bears need a similar injection of passion, of 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 physical-minded, tough-mindedness that a coach like Eric Bieniemy can bring. Uh, because how you turn around a losing culture, yeah, you can blow things up, but you still, even if you blow things up, there's still a, a void, a vacuum right. in the leadership standpoint. So who's going to be the leader who comes in and creates this winning culture and this, this winning attitude and the work that is necessary to do that? Great stuff by Chad Brown and for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. You mentioned about Chicago, that if things continue down this path, I don't believe they're going to go 0 for 17, but then again, stranger things happen in the National Football League. Once things go south quickly, sometimes they stay south and there's nothing you can do about it. Courtney Cronin, we asked the question of her. Will Chicago blow this up if things continue down this path? And she replied. Can you imagine two years back-to-back of a rebuild where, you know, this fan base has been tortured and they thought they have the quarterback in Justin Fields? They they still might, but right now you're almost more than a quarter into the season and the record doesn't reflect a winning team or a team that's making any progress in the right direction. And you've already seen upwards of 30 games from Justin Fields. I feel like they have their answer at that position where they stand in the draft order. If it ends today, they have the number one overall pick and the number two overall pick because of Carolina's draft pick that they got in the trade from this past March. If that's the case, then you're probably, and, and this thing continues on, barring some sort of miracle comeback, it's a new coaching staff, potentially changes in the front office, but a new quarterback and very likely one of the top offensive skill players in the draft coming to Chicago too. You cannot continue to have wash, rinse, repeat when it comes to that position in the NFL every two, three years. Stability is maybe the most underrated aspect of building a successful team and franchise. And now at some point, you things that have to turn over. The Bears yeah. need to turn over. They can't just run it back with what they've got. Right. But at some point, if you are able to hire the right people, then it's about trusting those people and giving them all the resources they need to be successful and creating stability. 
you know, there's a reason why Mike Tomlin has been successful in Pittsburgh. I know the playoff record's not there the last, what, seven years, but he hasn't had a losing season there. The stability there. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger, longtime quarterback there. Mike Tomlin, longtime coach. Bill Cowher before him. Uh, you know, Damani Dawson played center for 12 years there. Before that, it was Mike Webster. Yeah. When you have stability at these core positions within your organization, that lends itself to being incredibly successful and a long-time sustained success. And the Bears have had turnover on the coaching staff and turnover at the quarterback position. The two most important things on your football team, they can't find the right person that they can put their trust behind. Use a great word stability because that was something that Ron Rivera gave to the Washington Commanders when that whole mess was going on with the guy that used to own that football team when it comes to Dan Snyder. And I said for the longest time, they should thank their lucky stars that Ron Rivera took that job. I can't even imagine where they would be if that guy did not come in there and keep everything as steady as you possibly could have with all that toxicity that was outside and inside that organization regarding Dan Snyder. So even though we're surprised they're 2-2, two and two, and I think they're going to be 3-2 and two by the time the night is over, they're six-point favorite against Chicago Bears, they have stability, they believe a quarterback. Because Sam Howell's like, look, I'm here to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And that's not worried about what other teams are trying to do, especially the quarterback position. I really don't measure myself up against anyone else in the league. Um, you know, I just try to be the best version of myself, the best player that I can be each and every week, and kind of just let my play do the talking. But I don't look and try to say I'm trying to be better than whoever. Uh, but, yeah, Justin's a heck of a player, and he, he's, he's done some really good things. Had a good week last week. We definitely have our hands full with him, but it'll, it'll be a fun matchup. Who knew in the NFL million years that more stability of quarterback would be on the Washington side with Sam Howell? compared to the Chicago side with the guy they threw the third pick in the draft in Justin Fields at that position. Yeah, I'm here in Denver, and I think we've had, since <laughs> Peyton Manning retired, uh, 12 or 13 different players under center for the Denver Broncos. Wow. The commanders have had more. They're the only team that's had more guys take snaps under center than the Denver Broncos mm-hmm. in that same time span. So for Sam Howell now to be at least temporarily the guy, I'm not willing to say he's the franchise quarterback, right. um, but he certainly has the skill set and the opportunity to be that guy based on some of those elite throws I've seen this year. But for now, they've got a guy that they can win football games with. Uh, and so maybe he, he may not be the guy for the next decade, but he's enough to keep this franchise moving forward. And, yes, a big tip of the cap goes to Ron Rivera, the very steady leadership that he has had in some incredibly challenging times in Washington. He is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. Hit him on Twitter, Chad Brown 94 I'm Freddie Coleman. Hit me on Twitter at Coleman ESPN. Part of Freddie and Harry. We got two pieces of in other news before we get to the game night between the Bears and Washington. One, this may be the best fan in the history of fans. And number two, another answer to the question, why? Because it's Florida. This is ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. 
You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Here's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Don't forget the ESPN app, SiriusXM and Channel 80, and always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Sad news in the National Football League. When you think about a sad news in sports, Did Buckus, the legendary linebacker, passed away at the age of 80 years of age. A statement of the Buckus family reads, and I'm going to read it out loud. The Buckus family confirms that football and entertainment legend Dick Buckus died peacefully in his sleep overnight at his home in Malibu, California. The Buckus family is gathering with Dick's wife, Helen. They appreciate your prayers and support. Additional information will be provided once when it is available. Dick Buckus, the legendary linebacker in the NFL Hall of Fame linebacker, passing away at the age of 80. Chad, you played this position in college. You played this position in the NFL. There's not a linebacker out there, past or present, that if you mentioned Dick Buckus, does not know his name if you're playing that position, no matter what level. They, I think they know the name, they know the image, they know the, the reputation. Dick Buckus, the name signified physical, hard-nosed football. Um, and so when you play the linebacker position, I think there are certain guys who are just standard bearers for the position. If you're an outside linebacker, you want to be like Lawrence Taylor. Yes. And if you're an inside linebacker, you want to be like Dick Buckus. And even a guy as great as Ray Lewis would say, well, no, well, Dick Buckus is the guy who set the, the standard for the position that I was trying to mm-hmm. either match or exceed. He's that great of a player and that great of an impact in the NFL. For a guy who had a relatively short career, yeah. uh, the lasting impact of him on the entire landscape of football, not just NFL but college as well, the best linebacker in football each year is awarded the Buckus Award. Right. Um, so it, his legacy lives on through things like that. But, uh, yeah, I can't think of a serious football fan in the last 50 or 60 years who would not instantly be able to call to mind their thoughts when they hear the name Big Dick Buckus. Chicago Bears, yep. linebacker, tough, physical, hard nose. By the way, he only played seven seasons in the NFL, so 65 to 71. He was like the Beatles of the NFL, where his impact lasted longer than how long he played for the Chicago Bears. And think about this. Two historic guys that played for the organization did not have lengthy careers. Gail Sayers at the running back position in Chicago and his teammate at that time was Dick Buckus. And both of those guys, we're not talking about guys that played 12, 13 years. They played so tough, but their careers were shortened by the injuries that they accumulated. Even Dick Buckus said he left his, a lot of his life out in the football field because of the sheer ferocity that he played with, that he didn't have those dramatic injuries, but they accumulated and he also did something we may never see again. He was the last two-way player to be an All-American. He's an All-American center at Illinois when he's an All-American linebacker at Illinois. We're not going to see that in the era of specialization when it comes to college football, Chad. 
No, I, I, you know, we got Travis Hunter at CU, and people are talking about him being the best wide receiver on the bus football mm-hmm. team and also the best defensive back. But to be an All-American, a two-way All-American, it's hard enough just to be an All-American in exactly. one spot. Yes. But to do it both ways, uh, I think that speaks to the football player that Dick Buckus was, uh, the passion in which he played the game. And, uh, yeah, the football world will sadly miss Dick Buckus with his passing today. By the way, all NFL first team six times in the seven years he played in the NFL. He was elected to the Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. He finished his career with over 1,000 tackles and 22 interceptions. A chronic knee injury abruptly ended his career in 1974. Played nine seasons in the NFL. He made the Pro Bowl in eight of those nine seasons. Did buck his legendary linebacker passing away at the age of 80. He will definitely be sorely, sorely missed. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Let's lighten things up just a little bit after the sad news. We do that courtesy of. They may not be the top stories of the day. In other news. But you need to be in the know. This is In Other News. Now, this may be the best fan ever. A fan at the game last night between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Miami Marlins. I don't know if he won the lottery or got a palimony suit, whatever that was. But he bought the entire section beer that cost him $4,500. What? He may be the best fan ever. Because I know fans that if somebody needed a beer just for the heck of it, just to be nice, they wouldn't even do that. This fan in that city, Chad, bought an entire section beer and it cost him happily, he said, $4,500. That's amazing. That is amazing. I would at least expect the ballpark to give him a little bit of a discount on those $17 beers they serve. <laughs> Maybe hook him up two for one or three for one or something. Give the man a break. Come on. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Have like a 17 for one deal? Yeah. Now, you know, I've, I've, I know some, some folks who, you know, have had season tickets for years and years and years, and they sit in a certain section yeah. in the stands every single year, and they get to know the other people, the other families in those areas. So I'd imagine it, ho- hopefully it's a situation like that, a, a longstanding fan who yep. uh, just wanted to reward some folks with some generosity. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome touch we typically think of crazy stories coming out of florida so i'll accept this good story from florida yeah no doubt about that well that's from philadelphia pennsylvania anonymous fan that's okay well don't worry we're gonna get to florida but anonymous fan in philadelphia bought an entire section beer that cost them forty five hundred dollars and you mentioned florida because shannon penn our producer hit me to this because he worked in that state and i said why did that happen he goes freddie because it's florida and i'm thinking that's just something shannon came up with not realizing that this has been going on and on and on and on and on for years. So welcome to episode number 3,855 of Why Because It's Florida. An Orlando man was arrested for allegedly flashing a gun during his son's youth football game after arguing with parents in the stands who said that their son was better than his son. Excuse me. Now this fool who's Charmaine Nameless, Quan Isom, was arrested and charged with possession of a firearm slash ammunition by a convicted felon. Surprise possession of a firearm on a school campus, careless exhibition of a weapon slash firearm on school campus, and resisting arrest without violence. It seems that a woman identified as his wife was in the driver's seat as they were leaving, and he was sitting in the passenger seat. She said her husband did have a gun, but placed under the driver's seat at the time of the traffic stop. Because of that, he was asked to step out of the car, and that's when he grew uncooperative and threatened to kill the canine dog on the scene. All because somebody said, we think our son is better at football than your son. 
I think we love the passion of sports. I mean, that's one of the greatest parts of sports. But when it gets when it spills over and youth sports become a you know a place where where violence is occurring, yeah. I think there's also a 11 year old youth football player in Florida who shot one of his teammates or two Absolutely. of his teammates. Yeah, uh, I, I saw. I was horrified when I when I watched the clip. Uh, when this kind of thing affects youth sports, Aqib Talib's brother is now, I think, in, in prison uh-huh. or going to be in prison Another soon. football situation, Another yeah. Another youth football situation where tempers get out of hand. Um, I enjoyed my time coaching youth football. Um, I enjoyed the other coaches. I enjoyed the players on my team. I did not enjoy dealing with the parents because their mm-hmm. passion spills over into a very negative space far too often, and it really made that experience much more difficult and tougher than it should have been. Yeah. Um, and uh, while I thought my job was difficult as a coach, I always felt incredibly bad for the officiating crews. These are guys yeah. making 20 bucks a game, and you're going to yell at these guys like they're officiating the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Come on, parents. Let's grow up a little bit. Let's have some perspective on things, please. Yeah, what's the old line that if you want to ruin a kid's game, how do you do that, bring an adult to the party? Yes. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how many times that I've seen it. I, I umpired for one summer when I was 16 years of age, because when you're 16 years of age and somebody tells you the kind of money you can make per game, you'll think, oh, I'm in. Chad, I did that for one year. I said, okay, that's enough for me. They said, oh, you're really good. I should try to get umpire's license. I said, dealing with parents like this, son, I'm good. I don't need to deal with that nonsense ever, ever again. By the way, a criminal history check revealed that Isom had 11 prior felony convictions and should not have been in possession of a gun. You think? <laughs> yeah. You think? I think, yeah. Wow. And his poor wife. His wife told him to calm down. And they were on their way where people say, this fool's flashing a gun at a youth football game. You guys might need to check on him. And then he threatened to shoot the dog. You can't make it up, man. Florida no. man. Whenever the sentence starts with Florida man, you know it's something crazy about to follow after that. Yes. Because, like I said, Shannon Penn hit me today. That was all said and done. I, Shannon, why did that happen? Freddie, because it's Florida. And time and time again, he keeps proving himself, or the state keeps proving himself right. Chad, it was great, man. we got to do this again soon, okay? I'm uh, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me no on. I really appreciate it. it. Chad Brown and Freddie Cohen, thanks for joining us. And Freddie and Harry, we got Amber and Ian coming up next to get you ready for Washington versus Chicago and also the Major League Baseball playoffs. This is the mighty ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Take care. God bless. And as always, keep cool. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.